just wanna fight for a cause If I get to know my purpose, I don't know if I like it or not God, I know that you're the answer when I'm searching my mind, I forgot When I'm walking through the fire, I just look toward the light when it's hot plans for me, to my mess to a melody, you got good plans for me, I know what my stance will be, I got strength as you stand for me, yeah you got good plans for me, all right Life Church, good morning, <laughs> who's thankful to be here this morning, wow, look at all the people in God's house, some people took advantage of that extra hour or that loss of an hour and got it back this morning, it kind of looks like. Well, if uh, we have not met yet, my name is Rich, as uh, Pastor Beth said. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors on staff here. I'm excited to be here with my church family this morning. And, uh, you know, if you're newer with us, what I'd like to say is, you know, welcome to a church that is excited about Jesus. We worship loudly and boldly and enthusiastically because we serve a loving Father who deserves that. And we love and cherish our relationship with him and each other. And uh, so if we've not met yet, I look forward to that changing. On a normal Sunday, you'll find me out in the foyer at the big blue wall in the uh, life groups area because that's my primary area of responsibility, overseeing the life groups ministry. And uh, so please stop there anytime before or after service. I'd uh, Love the chance to talk to you and uh, talk to you about groups or talk to you about anything that you want to talk about, anything that's on your mind. So, um, you know, Pastor Pete and last week, Pastor Lauren, they have been preaching on this series called Very Ordinary, based off of a book by the same name, authored by uh, Justin Kendrick. And, uh, you know, if you've not been following this series since the beginning, I, I really want to encourage you to head to our YouTube channel or our Right Now Media Channel, and, just, and really it's catch up on this series. It is some incredible and pivotal information that's come out over the last seven weeks. And uh, you know, also, by the way, if you do not have your Right Now Media account, like this is our gift to you as a church family. So please take advantage of it. Stop at that blue wall I was just mentioning, and uh, you can grab some of the connect information, like this incredible database. It's like a Netflix for Christians, I like to call it. It's amazing. And... Uh, you know, so the context of this series has been focused on, you know, just addressing and implementing practical habits that we should bring into our life. And in doing so, we just have, I have to have a heart that's that, that fully alive. And so we, weekly, we've been breaking down uh, a habit. And, um, you know, I've just been such a sponge for this series. Every week, I've truly enjoyed it. And so it's a big thank you to our lead, Pastor Pete, for Give me the privilege to come up here and it's carry this responsibility of bringing a word in God's house and continue on with this series. Because it's, you know, it's every week we've had just amazing habits that we've been able to learn on and just be challenged and, and uh, just convicted in. And so this week we're going to be talking about the habit of replication, and which I just, I have such a heart for, for this habit. Because, you know, if you've been following this series, with replication, each of the habits that we've learned every single week, it takes incorporating every one of those habits into our life to be truly effective at the habit of replication. Because replication, it's discipleship. 
And being a true disciple of Jesus, it requires our intentionality in living out all of these habits. So we're going to be starting off in Matthew 4 uh, this morning, if any of you uh, like to turn there prior. I, I know a lot of you use those, uh, you know, electronic devices and, and apps for uh, reading your Bible, which are amazing. I, I truly love those, but personally, there's nothing better that just beats thumbing through God's word. And, um, you know, so what exactly is a disciple? Uh, I'm in the dictionary a lot, and so like, a dictionary would tell us that a, a, a disciple is just a learner or, or a student or, or a follower, which is, is accurate, but, you know, if we want to get a true meaning on what a disciple is, we head to our source of truth, God's word. And, you know, we learn about Jesus calling his first disciples so we can have a solid biblical understanding on what a disciple is. So in the earlier verses of, of Matthew chapter 4, we learn about Jesus coming out of the wilderness after being tempted by the devil and he launches his ministry. He begins his ministry. So think about it. If you were, if you had a concept or just some initiative or even a company and, you know, you're ready to advance it, you're ready to take it to the next step and, you know, so you have your vision, well, what are the first things that you're going to put in place is, you know, the, the structure or the trellis, so to speak, that every, that your vision's going to flow off of. And so Jesus, in the beginning of Matthew 4, he launches into his ministry, and we only have to read seven verses into his ministry, and, and what does he do? He finds two disciples. One of the first things that he does. We can read about this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Look at the latter portion of, of verse 19. Follow me, and then I will make you fishers of men. So this certainly is a very well-known portion of, of, of Scripture. But you know, I want to break this down a little bit for you because it really sets the, found, the, fra the framework for what being a disciple is. So what's the very first thing that happens? Jesus sees two men, and he initiates a relationship with them, launches a relationship. That's the very start. He say, follow me, which is essentially, literally, follow me. Follow Jesus. And to, I will make you. So this is indicating a shift, being made from one thing to something else, or a, a change, being changed by Jesus. Follow me, and I will make you. What will you make you? Fishers of men. This is an action. If you think of fishing, you know, fishing with a net, and what are you, what are you doing? You're... you're you're pulling in. You're, you're gathering people, or you're gathering fish, but in this context, you're gathering people, which is essentially the mission of Jesus. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus is showing us that once this relationship is formed, a disciple is following, being changed by, and committed to the mission of Jesus. That definition blows away Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> You know, what is the first thing that happens? We start a relationship. Christians, the moment you welcome Jesus into your heart, you began a relationship with him, and you, at that point, became and still are a disciple, a follower, being changed by and committed to the mission of Jesus. As believers, we are all disciples. So well, let's take knowing what a disciple is, let's take that one step further. 
We're going to be, we're going to be going back into God's word again in, in uh, Gospel of Matthew, but this time later on in, uh, in chapter 28. But uh, I, I want you to understand the, the context of what is going on here. So, you know, we have the Gospels, they, they show us the life of Jesus, birth, his ministry, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and then living amongst his people again after. And so here we are, we get to Matthew 28, the final chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, the final verses of this chapter where we read about Jesus calling his disciples to, to Galilee. And what Jesus is going to do, he's going to give them his final words. He'll leave his final words before he ascends into heaven. So if you think about this, some of us will have the opportunity to cognitively know that we are giving our, our final words. And you know, they're going to be the most important words of our life. You know, if, I, if I think about it, if I'm in this position, you know, like, what would mine be? Uh, mine would be just conveying love and, and gratitude. Thank you for being my wife. Thank you for being my sons. Thank you, pastors, for speaking into my life. It would be the most important things I could possibly think of. And that's what I would want to, I would want remaining behind me, those words. Like, thank you for loving me. I love loving you. Thank you for sharing life with me. That's how I would want to go. And so we have Jesus. It's his time. He knows he's giving his final words. What does he say? What does he impart to his disciples? Intentional, his final things he's going to say. You can read about this in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. So, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, our, our Lord and Savior, he used his final moment to command what as disciples was to be done by us. Go and make disciples. His final words, they also provide a great amount of clarity on, on how we actually do this. As a follower of Jesus, we go. We enter into a relationship with people. Where? Anywhere. All nations. Baptizing. What happens during baptism? We commit our hearts to Jesus for the rest of our days. Teaching. Teaching what? Teaching everything Jesus commanded. We go and make disciples. And, and saying all this provided the greatest demonstration of love and encouragement to his people our Lord and Savior gives. He tells us, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, Jesus' plan for, for sharing the good news, advancing the kingdom of God was to use his people, his disciples, as disciple makers. And those disciple makers would make disciples who would become disciple makers and make more disciples. And over and over and over. This was the model our Lord and Savior chose to expand God's kingdom. That was his plan. 
people in relationship with Jesus become disciples. And they go and make more disciples. Think of Jesus' life. He lived 30 years in relative obscurity, and he spent three years in ministry with 12 not extraordinary, you know, not incredible demonstrations of, of dynamic human excellence. No, just 12 ordinary men. You know, how, did he, how did Jesus take his message from, from Galilee to the ends of the earth? Through his disciples. He taught us what a disciple is, and then he exemplified pouring himself into a small group of men. And once doing this, he commanded this to be replicated. You know, so what separates Jesus from the strategies the world adopts into expanding initiatives is he understood that spiritual revolution is carried onward in the soul of his people, who are radically changed through salvation. This is the central core of, of Jesus' plan to change the world. Have changed people change people. And throughout God's word, we can, we can see what is commanded to us as disciples repli- and replicate it again. In 2 Timothy, years after Jesus' final command to us, we read from Paul following the same strategy through, uh, through Timothy, who had, he had discipled. And uh, it's in Paul's second letter to Timothy in chapter 2, verse 2, where we read this. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So look at the obedience in discipleship that's happening here. But Pastor Pete had pointed this, this verse out during week one, and I, I love this verse, but I, it's such an important demonstration of what our charge is. And I wanted to come back and hammer down on this point again because like, look at this verse. There's four generations of disciples just in this verse. We have the Apostle Paul writing it, Timothy, his protege, receiving the letter, the faithful men that Timothy is pouring himself into, and the others, the other men that those faithful men are pouring themselves into. But realistically, this verse could have like a et cetera or a dot, dot, dot afterwards because it repeats on and on and on and on and on. It's still happening today. Faithful men discipling others who become faithful men, who will disciple others. This goes on and on and on. Like, this is legacy. It's the, the, the lasting impact of disciples' actions, commanded to us by Jesus. And so each of us, as disciples, we are to know our own discipleship experience. Like, I, I have one. I've been, I, I was walking with Christ for years, years before I, I uh, came to Life Church. And, like, my life church story is very similar to a lot of yours, you know, where I just, my wife, Alice, and I, we, we walked in. We're, like, six, seven seconds in the building. We're like, yeah, yep, this is our church home. This is it. And you guys know that story. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, I started serving shortly. Shortly after I, I started attending here, I, I was an usher. I loved being an usher. I had a blast. Ushering was great. I met so many people. And, you know, I was, I was part of life groups. And you know, I, anything that popped up, I jumped in. I wanted to be a part of everything. It, it was exciting. It's invigorating. I've met amazing people that are still a part of my life now. And, uh, but even prior to coming to Life Church, like God was moving in my heart towards ministry. And um, me and my own stubbornness, you know, I found a whole bunch of, of uh, reasons not to, which are basically just excuses for me, you know, just uh, my own selfishness, like wanting to uh, 
beat of the world and, uh, you know, wanting to uh, find more success or, or just make more money. I'd always have a reason not to. But um, we do serve a persistent God, don't we, church family? <laughs> you know, so finally, all right, God, <laughs> what do you got for me? And, you know, I developed a good uh, friendship with, with Pastor Pete, and you know, he certainly knew what, what God was doing in, in my heart. And, um, you know, so, yes, he's my pastor, he's our pastor, but he's also a committed follower of Jesus and a disciple, which means that he is a disciple maker. And so, like, his charge as a disciple maker is to make more disciples. And so he initiated this, this concept, this process of me becoming uh, an intern here at, at Life Church. And that led to being connected to Pastor Joe Miller. And it, you know, if, you, if you don't know who uh, Joe Miller is, he was, at a, he was standing about right here, good-looking guy playing guitar. He had a camouflage shirt on. He's, Joe's awesome. So, so him and I have coffee one morning. And by the time um, our cups were empty, I knew and he knew that I was going to be serving my internship directly under him, full-time, for at least a year. You know, so here I come in, and I was just coming to the office. I'm excited. It was amazing. I'm, you know, I've got this, this cup that's empty. I'm just getting it filled from all around me. And like Pastor Joe, he's not, was not a, a faucet, you know, that I hold this under. He's like a fire hose. So I'm just pouring out everything he had, years of experience, years of walking with Christ, years of leadership experience, everything he had, years of being a husband, everything he had, just pouring it out. And I'm taking it all in. It was amazing. It was an incredible experience. You know, I thought I'd lived a pretty... I don't know, a full life up to that point, but it was, it was being connected to a disciple maker, a teacher, you know, a friend, a brother in Christ, someone who was consistent in all of those things that really exposed me to the greatest experience I've ever had because it exposed me to a better walk and a closer walk with Christ. So the dynamic of, of Pastor Joe and I, like, did, did we click? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, we worked well together. It, it was incredible. We spent thousands of hours together, literally thousands of hours together. And, I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're tight. It came easily. But the, the aligning of our personalities, that wasn't the catalyst for what I, for what I experienced. You know, the, the, it was the aligning of Joe and I was God's plan to use two people. One to be a disciple maker, one to be a disciple, and both to be obedient. And it was also a demonstration of God's grace because, you know, we've come to find out later on, like, Joe and I, we really needed each other in our life. And it was, it, it was an amazing experience. While there was clarity in, in, in my heart for what God was speaking into my life, there was also clarity in Pastor Pete and, and, and Joe's heart for who, as disciple makers, embraced their charge with obedience in following Jesus' command to make disciples. And, and there's clarity in, in my heart now to replicate what they did to me. You know, I have the opportunity to, to speak into leaders' lives and, and lead leaders. I, I have people that I pursue. I have people that God places in my life. I, I have this incredible opportunity to lead this assembly of this large group of men. You know, I called it the Resolve. A couple of the guys are here, it looks like. <laughs> you know, we share life together. It's an incredible experience. Church, don't ever, ever be hesitant to commit to an unknown future when your future is in obedience to our known God. 
Let me say that again. Don't ever, ever be hesitant to commit to an unknown future when your future is in obedience to our known God. That's called faith. That's called being a disciple. It's called being a servant. That's what it looks like. And God's calling on each of us is it's specific and it's unique. For me, it was, it was occupational ministry. And, and, you know, I needed to be and will always continue to be a learner of and, and, and in it. And we are each loved equally by God. But we're all favored differently with different giftings that we get to use to advance God's kingdom for his glory. You know, each of us have our own story with, with many chapters yet to be written. But as a believer, when our heart is penetrated by Christ, we are then a disciple. And Christ's command to us as disciples is to be a disciple maker. And we walk in obedience. We go and make disciples. I mean, all of us. This isn't just pastors. This isn't just people that have been walking with Christ for, for decades. No, all of us. As disciples, inevitably, you will be a disciple maker. So let's look at like, discipleship through, through Life Church. We have our mission statement to help people know and follow Jesus step by step. So who are the people? Us. All of us. And, and those to come. To help. What are, what are we... What are we helping? What does that mean to help? It means to teach, to, to disciple. What are we teaching? To be a follower of Jesus. How do we do this? Step by step. To help people know and follow Jesus step by step. And we are constantly in the process of becoming more like Christ. The Apostle Paul would tell us that we are to imitate Christ. You know, I mentioned earlier that how the habit of replication, it means we collectively incorporate every other habit that we've talked about in this series so that we could be effective as replicators, as, as disciple makers. Because Jesus, we imitate Jesus. And he lived out all of these habits fully. We don't imitate the same things Jesus did. We act from the same principles that, that Jesus acted. So you look, at, look at imitating Christ through the context of, of all of these habits that we've gone through throughout these weeks. You have the habit of receptivity, like, we learn to hear his voice. We listen to his voice. The relationship. It's just, we have an everyday walk with our father. And in relationship, we, growing in relationship, we have, we, we have radiance, which compels us to share our faith with others. Habit of righteousness. We, we steward and, and respect our bodies. And we live within the accountability of, of sexual boundaries. Habit of resources. We structure our life around prioritized Generosity. So the habits that, that Jesus de demonstrated to us. Well, we act from the same principle upon which he, he acted. So what's the, what's, what's the common, common need for, for discipleship? What do you need to have? Oh, you need people. <laughs> look to your left. Look to your right. There are a whole lot of people here every single week that we share time with. As a matter of fact, there's a thousand people here every week that we share time with. And you know, all of us unique, but created by God who knew our unique purpose. So look at how, you know, the Apostle Paul describes us as, as a body, you know, a body of believers in uh, Romans 12. This is in uh, verse 4 and 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Like, there are many of us. 
We're all different. But even though there are many, we form one body. And each member, each of us, belongs to all the others. One body, body of Christ, family of God. So we can, we can see our charge to make disciples. And, you know, it's not only commanded to us by Jesus, but it's also, like, it was exemplified by him. We, have, we know our how to do it. Studying, studying the Gospels, studying what God did. It's very clear to us. But still, you know, even with that, as believers, there's so many that have a blurry vision when it comes to that. And it's, you know, as believers, what is getting in the way of us embracing what Jesus commanded to us? It, it, we know what he, what he did. We know what he commanded to us. What's getting in the way of us embracing his command, taking that charge? So one, one of my favorite parts of you know, being on staff here is I have conversations every day of the week. Love being able to talk to people. I love hearing how I want to disciple others. I, I want to lead others. I, and I love like exploring that with them and letting them know like what that looks like and opportunities that are available for you. You know, how can I be used to have you be a, be a demonstration of what Jesus commanded to? I love these conversations. You know, but there's also the other conversation where it's like, ah, Rich, you know, I I can't I I, I can't disciple somebody else. Like I for whatever reason, you know, and they kind of, they, you know, lay out all these barriers that, that are in their life. And you know, so I wanted to talk about some of this this morning, like some of the barriers. What does that look like? You know, some of the more common barriers that I think that would restrict somebody from replicating themselves, from discipling others, you know, and, and I think that the operative word, wording in this is, you know, people put up barriers and because the reason it's very me-focused or it, it, it's very I-focused. So, Let's look at some of these barriers that I've been talking that I wanted to talk about this morning. The first one I made it nice and short and simple. Um, I'm more of a loner, not really a people person, socially uncomfortable, and keep things close to just me. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> I've fallen into those categories before. You know, it's not uncommon for, for someone to think that I, you know, I can just hang up on myself. You know, I don't have to open up or share my life. I, I don't have to engage with other Christians. I, I'm happy as a loner, you know, and just, I just, uh, I'm happy. I, 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 I want to know God, you know, just by myself. And, uh, you know, uh, Rich, uh, Jesus, he went and he went off by himself all the time. Okay, well, that he did. But this wasn't, a, uh, this wasn't Jesus showing the pattern of being a loner. This is Jesus as a faithful and regular discipline walk with his father in obedience and, and devotion. And he also chose to be around people, even if he wanted to just be around his father. And we imitate Jesus. We choose to be around, around others, and we have compassion on and for his people. Like, brothers and sisters, if you are the loner type, you know, or it's not really a people person, or you're just uncomfortable around people as a whole, you may think, or, you know, culture may have convinced you that you're better this way, but as a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple, and you know, you're not called to be alone on some like, autonomous walk, you know, individual, solitary on your, on your private walk with God. You're part of a body. You are part of a family. We are knit together by the Spirit, and we have been forgiven in Christ together, raised in Christ together, and seated in Christ together. But remember, it's changed people that change people. Like, God designed you individually, but with a different role to play as part of one body. 
Hey, you, may be, you may prefer to keep things close, you know, to just you, but each role has you sharing your heart with others. You know, who are we? We're many. One body. One body where? In Christ. You know, what was Jesus' model? Changed people. Changed people. It's like in faith and love. No, God will put people in your life for you to love and, and you them. The person coming into your life, it may be for you. It may be for them. But it will definitely be for God. Once, once you can put your worldly concerns to the side, you actually be able to look around and see all the people that God has put in your life for you to share life with. It's like, open up. Share your life. You're showing others the way God is moving in you. And showing other people what it looks like to be a demonstration of love. Look at my experience. I want to see that. I want to know what you're experiencing. I want to know how God is moving in your life. I'm going to be better off for it when I, when I hear about that from you. Like, don't deprive someone else of everything you've known, everything that you've experienced through God. So let's talk about another barrier that I have. Um, this one's very common. It's, uh, I have been hurt before. Yeah, I mean, it's true. So you can say, Rich, you know, I've been hurt. I've been burnt. I've been, I've been let down. I've just been straight up frustrated by people I've shared time with before. And, you know, if I was to ask everybody in this room to raise your hand, if you would, if you would agree with that, we'd see a lot of hands raised, you know, and you know, we would. I don't doubt that for a second in people's life experience that you have had those feelings inside of you before. And I am... 100% certain that the people that have dedicate, dedicated themselves to me and poured, in them, poured into my life, and people that have shared life with me, I'm pretty sure that there's been a point where they just wanted to wring my neck. <laughs> me? I, I know, right? It's kind of hard to believe. No, it's true. But, you know, maybe, uh, you know, so maybe you said, like, you know, Rich, I, I've entered into a relationship with people. I, I've given time. I put the process in. You know, I, I, I loved on people. We shared time together. And, you know, I was, seeing, I was seeing things happen in their life. I was seeing them progressing. I was seeing, like, their faith grow. And then they're gone. Like, they, they disappeared. I, I don't, it's like I don't even know them anymore. I don't even know where they're, where they're at in their faith. I'm like, lesson learned. I'm not doing that again. I, I get it. You know, I, I've had a struggle with that as well. You know, but like, what do you think Jesus thought? Sharing time and pouring himself in, in, into Judas. You know, the guy he lived with and involved in witnessing ministry, in, uh, miracles. Breaking bread with, sharing time with, sharing life with. And who would inevitably betray him? But Jesus picked 12 guys to bring into his life who were not on their best behavior. Like, they bickered amongst themselves. They screwed up. They went to sleep when Jesus needed them most in the garden. Uh, Peter, would, he folded under public pressure, and he would de deny that he even knew our Lord and Savior. Three times. Like, I've been hurt. I, I still get hurt. You know, I, I've navigated through, ah, you know, I should just restrict others from my life just out of self-preservation, like self-protection. You know, but we have to remind ourselves we are a disciple of Jesus. 
and we want to imitate him. And what did he do? Jesus demonstrated something so important in the dynamic of a, of a relationship. He, dynam- he demonstrated so important to his disciples who messed up. Like he showed them, if you want to find out who a true friend is, see what happens after you make a mistake. And so even when people hurt or abandon, we choose to live like Christ. We go and make more disciples. Under all conditions, Jesus exemplified this for us. And it was discipleship that advanced God's kingdom from Galilee to West Seneca and beyond. We get to advance it through this process that Jesus wanted for us. You know, and it's, I'm not saying, you know, if you're carrying this hurt, we all look at, look at Jesus as well. So what did, what did Jesus do? Showed us addressing conflict. Showed us forgiveness. Showed us releasing ourselves. It's these people that hurt Jesus so much, they're also the same people that he entrusted to change the world and disciple to the ends of the earth. So the third one, I think this is the most common, the most common barrier that people would say. And, uh, and, at, and I believe, if you're honest with us, we've all said this at one point or another. And I'm sure there's some, I know there's some that say it right now. So number three, I am not ready to disciple yet. So people say, I'm, I'm just not ready. I, I, I don't want to, I can't disciple yet. Rich, I can't, I can't disciple others. I, I'm not smart enough. I don't, I don't have enough experience or, or maturity under my belt. I just, I just don't know enough yet to, to pass on to someone else. I, you know, I, I need more classes. I need to get through this list of books still that I, that I, that I have. I, I need to dive into the word war more. I, I, I feel inadequate. I feel unworthy. I, I'm just, I don't feel, I'm unconfident. I don't have confidence. You know, I, I can't talk into somebody else. You know, I'm so bad on personal things, my, myself, you know, I'm still trying to work out. And, oh, you know, I, I didn't even mention, Rachel, like, I'm, I'm really busy. I'm just crazy busy. Can't do it. I, I just don't have the time. And, and you want me to initiate a relationship with somebody else? You want me to start a Bible study after school? You want me to strike up a conversation with a colleague at, at work during, during, during lunch? Like, we, no, what do you mean? Like, I need someone to do this for me. Like, I, I'm not ready yet. Like, Richard, no, I'm not, just, I'm not ready. And, and you're asking me to disciple people? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Because our Lord and Savior, he used his final moments to command to us as disciples what was to be done. Go and make disciples. Baptize and teach. So when God calls you, he already factored in all your sin. He already knew everything you were going to have on your plate then and now. He knew everything that was going to be going on in your life. He still called you. you know, believers, God called you. He penetrated you. He rescued you from yourself. He adopted you into a family. And there was an indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. Do you feel not ready? Feel inadequate? Do you feel unqualified? Stop it. Stop. Because that lie is blocking the true feeling that you have in your life, which is God stirring in your heart. Brothers and sisters, you are worthy. You know, and picture this. Picture this last thing that Jesus told us. As disciples, all of us, people right here, right now, people everywhere and anywhere, 
Like, I really, I really want you to, to visualize this because there's, there's so much comfort in Jesus' parting words to us. And I want everyone to just rely on this truth. Take it in. Believe it with every ounce of your body, with your whole heart. Behold, I am with you always. But when you said yes to Jesus, his spirit is alive and living inside you. He is with you. Church, let me hear you yell. He is with me. He is with you. He is with you. Trust that the Holy Spirit can give you what you need when you need it. Because when you're talking to somebody about Jesus, he's with you. You want to disciple your children, your, your first grader, your teen, your married young adult and their spouse? He's with you, mom and dad. You, you have somebody come up to you and they say, uh, you don't understand my past. You don't understand what I've been through. Well, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I understand what your future can be. And he is with you. He is with you, church family. He is with you. We have so much comfort as, as believers knowing that Jesus is with you. So when we say yes to Jesus, we don't get to say, I hear that command, but I'm a pass. That one's not for me. Like, no, we don't get to say that. We get to say, Jesus, I am your disciple. And I'm going to do what you told me to do. And I know you are with me. So I want to share this verse from uh, 1 John with you. I, just, I love this verse. And uh, in the church, like, no, you are worthy. You are worthy. And he is with you. This is a verse we should all meditate on. Just let this soak in from 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Gosh, I love that verse. When we are abiding in Jesus, we will walk just as he walked. We live lives of obedience and love. And we abide in him. What is what does a walk with Christ look like? A step. And then a next step. And then a next step. And then a next step. Yeah, it's, I love this simple quote by C.S. Lewis. Very like, famous Christian writer. Boy, he had a way of summing this up. So check out this quote here. All who are called to salvation are called to discipleship. No, ex- no exceptions. No excuses. That one's worthy of framing. Definitely suitable for framing. Putting in your office. All who are called to salvation are called to discipleship. No exceptions. No excuses. So how do we do this? Well, let's look at our mission statement again. To help people know and follow Jesus step by step. If you somewhat forget about that, all you got to do is walk out in the foyer and turn left. It's big on the wall. Can't miss it. Plus, anytime you talk to me, it's a good chance it's going to come up in conversation. So, <laughs> this is what we do as, as a church. This is what we do as a family of God. We help people know and follow Jesus step by step. So, recall earlier when I was breaking down Matthew 4, 4.19, you know, once you allow Jesus into your heart and your relationship with him is initiated and you are a disciple, like, you follow. Like, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, like, as a disciple, just, what an experience when, when you want more of Jesus. 
You know, it's like imitating Jesus, imitating his everyday walk with his father. It's in obedience, that relationship he had with his father. Diving into God's word, leaning in, being obedient to God's word, praying like, Lord, Lord, speak to me through your word. Teach me to understand. Teach me your statutes. Father, speak to me through your word. And we get to be obedient in it. You know, as a disciple, certainly in, a, in, in an environment like this where you have others, you connect with others. You, know, you can and should love and serve on, on your church family on, on Sundays as part of the dream team. Like, start talking to that familiar face that sits by you every week, but you don't know their name yet. Initiate relationship. There is a, you know, we operate knowing as disciples that he is with you. You're working for him because he is working for you. Like Sunday's worshiping together, all of us, it's extremely important. You know, but we need more. We need more than an hour and 15 minutes a week being discipled in a church. We need more. And there's, there is more. Just within the, in the context of, of your church family, there's more. Like, come, on, come on a Tuesday night to, to Bible study at 7 o'clock. Every, this is discipleship in action. We have a different member of your church family teaching from God's word every week. And then we break up into small discipleship groups afterwards to discuss what we just learned from, from God's word. It's an incredible experience. Every week we do that. And, you know, you could also just join a life group. Next month, we're going to be launching our, our spring semester of life groups who have numerous opportunities to connect with others in community all throughout, all throughout the area, North Towns, South Towns, here on campus, in homes, in coffee shops, in restaurants. Next month, you'll have the opportunity to do that. And like, but as a disciple, you will inevitably be a disciple maker. And you know, I, I like to use the context of, of life groups as, as a way for disciple makers to put their charge into action. And it's not because I, I oversee this ministry. I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. But think about it. Jesus was the greatest small group leader ever. Like he clear, and he showed us how to do it. And he showed us how effective that could be because it was his small group that went and spread the good news throughout the planet through a small group. And so leading, other, leading others in community, it's something you can and you should do. You know, you may be curious to know what it looks like to lead others. Or, you know, maybe you are feeling that stirring of God in your heart to lead others in community, disciple others. Just give us a chance to connect with you. The mission statement, it, it, applies, it applies to me too. And me and my team, we want the opportunity to help, help you, speak to you. Let's explore what God is putting on your heart. Let's explore what it looks like to be a leader. Let's explore what it looks like to disciple others. And through the dynamic and through the, uh, the apparatus of, of life groups, we have that opportunity readily available. For, you, know, but, and, you know, maybe like, through the discussion, through the course of our discussion, like, it'll reveal that you know, your giftings would really be good in another area. <sighs> Leading the Serve Day initiative coming up in May. Serving on a team on Sundays. Taking part in something during the week. You know, like, your giftings would be perfect for this. As I said before, a walk with Christ starts, well, it's a step. And then a next step. And then a next step. 
which ironically is why we have a Next Steps ministry here. Why are they in place? We can help you to be fruitful and while you embrace your charge as disciples of Jesus. What's next for me? What's next for me? You can always walk out in the foyer. Just keep on walking straight ahead. You're going to walk into a Next Steps team. They love the opportunity to see what it looks like. Let's hear what's on your heart. Let's see what we can do. How can we help you? How can we help you know and follow Jesus step by step? This is what we do here. You know, it, uh, you know, he, he's with you, church. If there's one thing I want you to take away from today, be fully aware, fully cognizant. He is with me. Jesus is with me. You know why? Those his dying words. I'm with you to the end of the age. So if you grab the, uh, if you grab the bulletin insert when you came in this morning, in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a little QR codes. I love QR codes. But scan that. That'll take you to a quick form. It'll take you about 12 seconds to fill it out. And once you do, we're going to be connecting with you ASAP. Let's hear what's on your heart. Let's help you explore opportunities that are available to you. The QR code looks just like that. If you haven't used one before, you just kind of shine your camera on it. You can shine the camera on that one. You can do the one that's in your insert. You can go out to the groups area on the table there, and I'll have that there. I'll keep it there for 100 years, give or take. <laughs> this is an opportunity. For, we want to be able to connect with you and help you explore what it looks like embracing your command to make disciples. And if you don't like QR codes, and stuff, after next week service, after 9 and 11, just walk out that door and hang a right right away into the connections room. And join Pastor Beth and I and some other people from the groups team and we can have a short interest meeting, let you know what leadership looks like, what leading others in community looks like. All you have to do is walk out and turn right. <laughs> I really, really look forward to that opportunity to be able to talk with you guys. I do. There's not a person in God's house that any of us cannot learn from, regardless of age. Regardless of walk, regardless of where they are, there's something to be taught, something to be received to and from everybody here. So my challenge to you, brother and sisters, like embrace this time. You feel God doing something in your heart? We also call that revival. God is reviving something in you. It's bringing out something. Like Don't sit on it. Don't keep it quiet. Get it out there. Let your brothers and sisters in Christ help you to see what it looks like. Explore opportunities with you. Let you be fruitful. See, watch you be fruitful in ministry and following Jesus' command to you as a disciple. And so as our lead pastor likes to say, the best is yet to come. You guys believe that this morning? Me too. All right, let me pray for you this morning, church. Father, we just, we get to worship you. Thank you for your presence, Father done so much for us. You, you penetrated our heart. You called us. Let, you invited us to be part of a family. You told us we are worthy. Father, you freed us from ourselves. You showed us that we live in the world and not of it. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the answer to separation between your people and you by giving us your son who came to us in the flesh, taught us how to pray. Father, we thank you for your relationship. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for being a disciple, a learner. Father, teach us. Thank you for your word, Father. Speak to us through your word. Help us to understand. Help us to understand your, your unique purpose for us, the next chapter you have waiting to be written in our life. 
Father, just thank you. You are with us. Thank you. You know, church, if, if you're interested in what this looks like to be in a disciple, it's pretty easy to start with. All you got to do is initiate this relationship with Jesus. Jesus, he initiated a relationship as we read in, in, uh, in Matthew 4. That's how it starts. We initiate a relationship. If you're walking, if you're walking and you don't have a walk with Christ yet, you want to know what that looks like, all you have to do is invite him into your heart. Invite him into your life. Father, free me from myself. Jesus, fill me with your presence. While heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are not yet walking with Jesus, you're ready. You're ready to make this change. You're ready to open yourself up to Jesus. Go ahead and raise your hand this morning. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. I see the hands over here on the right. Proud of you, brothers. I see the hand on the back there. I'm proud of you. initiating a relationship with Jesus. For those that raise their hand, first thing that's going to happen, I'm going to pray for you this morning. I don't want you praying on your own. Father, just we thank you. Thank you for opening, opening your heart. Father, thank you for filling my heart with your presence. Thank you for what's ahead for me. Father, thank you for my next step. Thank you for a life of discipleship that I have ahead of me. Thank you for the opportunity to know Know who you are, Father. Father, thank you for freeing me from myself. Thank you. I want to live part of the, in the world now. I don't want to be a part of the world anymore. Father, I want to know life with you. Father, thank you. Thank you for entering my heart. Thank you. Father, we thank you for your presence in this body this morning. Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing in this community and in this church. Father, we pray a steadfastness for us. Father, we be committed to you and your charge for us. In Jesus' name, the author and finisher of our faith, we pray this morning. Amen. Oh, amen, church family. So, if our dream team members here, they're going to uh, they're going to assume their positions and uh, want, they're going to do best. They're going to go out and love and serve on, on their church family as as you all uh, leave today. And uh, you know, church, I uh, for those that raised their hands this morning. Congratulations. You are my brother and sister in Christ. I welcome, welcome to an incredible life of being a disciple. And what I would like you to do, grab that green card in the seat back pocket in front of you and take that card out in the foyer. The next team, next steps team that I was talking about before, I just want to welcome you, give you a gift and, and talk to you. And uh, we're going to answer some questions that you have. And uh, we're going to put a Bible in your hands this morning. And so just walk, keep on walking straight out of, the, out of the auditorium here and you'll walk right into the next steps team. And, you know, church, I really hope that you all take advantage of uh, an opportunity to get a nap in this morning and uh, make up for that hour that we lost last night. I can't wait. I am so eager. I'm, a, I'm halfway into my PJs now. Church family, I love you all. Thank you for uh, your Sunday this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. Next week, don't hesitate. Come into the Life Group Leader meeting after service, and I'll see you out at the Blue Wall anytime. All right, love you, church family.